This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hi, welcome back to the MVM show. This is Campside Sessions. This is what I talked about, boys and girls. Now we're going to do up here, we're up in the mountains in God's country. What are we? 68. 68 right here? Because the, the bridge says the bridge that. Is 68. Okay, well, we're pretty. So we're about close to seven. This Because we're higher than the bridge right here, aren't we? A little bit. Not that much, huh? Not a couple hundred feet. 20, 20 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. anyways, we're out here in this sweet spot. Actually, we're up looking at a meadow, and then you don't got the greatest background if you're watching it on the MVM Show YouTube channel. But we're here with Josh Webster. He's been on before, but we talked about predator hunting. Is your is your guys' volumes okay in your headphones or too loud, too quiet? That sounds fine to me. What so about yours? Sounds good. You're to good? Me. Okay. Well, anyways, um, we have lots of refuge stories that we like to rehash. I would. And uh, we, for starters, I kind of like to talk about how on f- Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, starting to roll up to the refuge to get your spot for opening day. <laughs> Josh, you know you didn't forget this. Well, back in the day, we weren't as smart, smart, <laughs> smart prepared, right? You're young. You have all this energy. Put yours closer, Charles. You don't need all this fancy garbage, you know? You so go. we had... The worst decoy bags in the world. No yep. carts, no sleds. It makes us carry them. Uh, yeah. Neoprene decoys. Not decoys. Neoprene waders. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And just an assortment of decoys that we had collected from here, there, and everywhere. We brought all 200 of them. <laughs> yeah, the more the merrier, one. right? You know what I'm saying? You couldn't have enough decoys. Sound like a train going down the tracks, walking out the levees. Yeah, and they're beating on the back of your legs because it 
back your knees or your calves. Yeah. The pintail decoys are just stabbing you in the back of the calves. Yeah. What, did we mess up your uh, shooting range? <laughs> Perfect. One year we That's were all I wanted. super motivated, and we went out there on, what, what day did we leave on? We got there on a Wednesday or a Thursday. When we set out. In, we sat there in the blazing 100-degree heat. That trip was on a Wednesday, I think. Sent there from Wednesday. When you sat there from Wednesday. Boys listening to this, Refuge Hunters, they know all about that. Yeah, we yeah. sat there forever. We didn't have a reservation. It was about 90, 95 degrees. When, when was the first day guys were showing up? Uh, there was a lot of people a week out before. there. There was there. Yeah, there was probably at least. On Monday, they'll start showing up on Monday. Oh, I'd say so. <sighs> Lining up, baby. I bet you there was 50, 60 cars in front of us. There was a lot. We were like halfway down that road. Sitting out in the gravel parking lot, 90, 95 degree weather, just sitting there like idiots. Yep. <laughs> Bacon. Yeah. Just sat there. There's nothing to do. Dude, I remember sliding a mat. I don't even know if I had a mat. I doubt I did. In the parking lot. This was just the day before opener. Sliding your sleeping bag under there and to bear in and trying to lock yourself in from all the mosquitoes mm-hmm. that are attacking you in the parking lot. Just praying to God you could get in the refuge for opening day because you didn't have a resi. Well, this particular hunt, we hunted in the morning and then we kind of went out there. We ate or something. We ate and then we, remember we were going to go back out there, see if we could limit out. It was like, I don't know. 98, 99, we had neoprene waders on. Well, it was and so, you took yours off. I literally, that's the only time in my life I've actually duck hunted without waders. It was so hot. I felt like I was dying in them. I took them off and sat out there in a pair of waiter pants, whatever I was wearing, pants and a camo T-shirt and had and laid down in the water to my belly to stay cool. It was so hot with no waders on. Didn't your we, dad even like get sick or something from it? It was so, yeah, it was hot. He got sick. Yeah. Almost like heat stroke. We limited, I think. We shot a lot of birds that day. <clears throat> we did. <clears throat> then your poor dad got attacked by the mosquitoes walking out. <laughs> yeah, I tell he, that story. Well, he had he had his hands full. He um, birds decoy. He couldn't yeah. do anything, and he had a literal. I mean, there was like a cloud of mosquitoes on his head, <laughs> and he was blowing. Just all of his face. All of his face, and yeah. he'd shake his head, and he was blowing. <laughs> and he was trying to get him off, and then just uh, it was just fog. It was, that was you miserable. just smear, you just roll off your face, just your hand would be, have blood all over it just from so many mosquitoes yeah, going on. Yeah, you, they'd suck you dry. <coughs> but Yeah, that particular refuge is like, I don't I don't even know why I chose that one. I was just the kind of person to get locked into one refuge. Because it was the furthest one from like where we're at for the <sighs> local refuges. Mm-hmm. And we drive all the way over there, take back roads, cross freeways, and you know how bad the fog used to be over there. I mean, you couldn't see from one line to the other. It was so foggy. And so what I'd do, crossing, because there were some back roads you could take, but you had to cross, what was it, four lanes of traffic? Mm-hmm. And I'd roll down my window and just listen, and then I'd just punch it and pray, you know what I'm saying, before I crossed that mm-hmm. freeway that it didn't get smashed on the side by a diesel. Dude, we don't have fog nowhere near like we used no, to. No, uh-uh. used to be. It's like when I was a kid, and then, you know, time a couple was, we- Like a couple weeks. Like weeks, you wouldn't see the sun. Yeah. I mean, you didn't see the sun for weeks. And it, it was kind of depressing, you know? Yeah. Or, like, socking that high fog. You're not getting that vitamin D3. Yeah, you're not getting no sun. I don't know. It was bad. But the staying, I mean, that that's just one story of many. We used to go out there and the day before and sleep in, the night before, we'd sleep in his Dodge Stratus. Straight up in the seats. Literally, and not sleep a wink. Well, not very well. 
Yeah. I mean, try sleeping in the front seat of a Dodge Stratus mm. with all your duck gear in the back Why seat. did we? Or an 84 Toyota pickup and single cab where the seats didn't lay back. I don't have a clue. I was young and really dumb back then. That's that was a long time ago. Now I'd be like, I'll see you there in the morning. Mm. I'll sleep in my... I still don't know why. Why? When we had a perfectly well, good bed. Wasn't it because where the refuge was... You had you couldn't just sign up. You had to be there, right? Yeah, well, it was a first come first serve. First come first serve, but I mean, there wasn't that many guys. Except, I mean, like opener, there was, of course. But outside of opener, there wasn't that many guys sitting in that parking lot every night. We could have showed up at four o'clock, four thirty the next yeah. morning, and got in the refuge. That's what most do now. You don't really see guys hanging out there like they used to. I wonder why that is. They you know that, Travis? Does it, to me, it doesn't seem like. What times made them smarter? Or just, I don't know. They're Something. probably still doing it. We just don't notice it. Yeah, because we're not there then. <laughs> Go yeah. out there at 10, 11 o'clock at night and then just try to sleep in a front seat of the Dodge Stratus. What's the dumbest thing you think you've done to kill a duck? The dumbest, the dumbest thing? thing I've ever done to kill a duck. Well, I know I the dumbest thing that tell you. I know. I know. I want to hear it. We want to hear it. I don't even want to tell what you what I did. I know. What well, at least I think I know the one you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to know about it? We want to know. We want to hear it. The people want to hear. It's absolutely embarrassing. <laughs> so yeah, that's the, dumbest, the best ones. <laughs> and disgusting. <laughs> the dumbest thing I did. So there's some rice fields where we've all lived. And out at them rice fields, there's some ponds. And they're not your typical pond, like some of you people may be thinking. These are sewer ponds, and they have high fences around them. Well, they didn't then, though. Well, when I was a kid, there was no fences around. But no I don't even think there was then. No, maybe there wasn't. There, maybe there wasn't. Back there wasn't then. none then. No, there wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, maybe it was there the wasn't. back ponds. That's when we stopped going. You know, going yeah. there. So we would go out there, and you'd get occasional, some occasional ducks fly over. And I went out there. I think I'd. I think I'd went out there to go dove hunting because we dove hunted out there too. And it was duck season. Some ducks were flying over. And a hooded merganser of all things, of all ducks. But you thought it was a Drake Mallard, right? I thought it was a Drake Mallard. I How guess, did you confuse those? Well, two? I. I just kind of <clears throat> saw it. I shot. And it went down on the water. It, it was oh, low okay. light, lower light. I just. I thought it was a Drake Mallard. And uh, so I was like. I knew that was sewage. Pond. No, I didn't know it was that sewage. I thought it was treated water, like some kind of treated water from the city. I didn't know it was actual raw sewage. <laughs> yeah, raw sewage. Raw sewage. Untreated raw sewage. I didn't know. I thought it was treated water, and it was just a holding tank, holding holding ponds. So the duck went down out there in the middle. I threw rocks, trying to make ripples and mm-hmm. waves, trying to get him to the bank. I tried Which, that stuff's so thick and soupy <clears throat> well, yeah, and poopy. It's sludge. <laughs> And I couldn't make enough waves to move him. I mean, he was just sitting out there. But if I said, oh, I'm just going to have to go out there. So I took my pants off because I didn't want to get my pants all wet and stepped off into. Took your shoes off, right? Well, yeah. I took my shoes off. Shirt? And stepped off. No, I don't think I took my shirt off. I don't think. I stepped off into, like, ankle-deep mud. <laughs> mud. <laughs> it wasn't mud. Mush. And I went out and got this Merganser. Uh. And I got back. And I called Travis. I think I sent you a picture. I did. I sent you a picture. Something, yeah. And uh, I didn't even know back then. I didn't know what a merganser was. That's the first merganser I'd ever seen. I sent him a picture. I'm like, dude, what kind of duck is this? He's like, that's a merganser. Where'd you get it? I said, I got it out there at the, at the ponds. He landed out in the water. I said, I had to go out in the water and get him. 
Travis is like, you got in that water? Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, I just took my pants and my That's shoes. That's when he knew you yeah, messed I, up. I, I, I took my pants <laughs> and my shoes off. <laughs> and it was at that moment. It was he, at that moment. He knew he messed up. Yeah. And he's like, do you know what that is? I said, well, I felt like there was mud. He's like, that ain't mud. That's. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Raw sewage. Mm. I quite literally got in a raw sewage pond for merganser. For hooded merganser. I mean, if it was like a king eider. <laughs> no, that would be different. I don't I might, a, I would have I don't care fish what. I might be willing for that. I don't know. Fish and pole in a bass plug and try it to hook it. There you go. Be, There's a lot of other ways we could have dealt yeah, with that. Yeah. It'd have Besides to be a, have to be a lot of money poopy. involved. Well, they say, say, say the soup is like poopy. when you... When, you get in that, I guess it can stir up like different um, gases, gases and stuff yep. like that. You could actually, mm-hmm. they, they, I guess people actually got mm-hmm. asphyxiated out there, yeah. and died in that. Well, thing. They'll, they'll do that at dairies. That will happen. If that gets stirred up, that is it, is it carbon methane, dioxide, methane, methane, methane or ethane or yeah, the methane will get stirred up. It kind of that, yeah, that's so bad, dude. So Travis was like, dude, I hope you don't get an infection and your foot falls off. Yeah, like, oh man, of course. I went, I went. He's always encouraging <laughs> something's gonna fall off, you know. Yeah, so I went and jumped in the shower and scrubbed my legs and feet best I could. I bet you never told your mom that you did that. I didn't really want to tell anybody I got in raw yeah. sewage for a duck. I was, I mean, completely. Well, you just think about because, like, my dad, that one year he was out duck hunting and he had a hole in his, one of his boots, and he went and he got home and a few days later, like, started swelling up, all like pussy and infection. He went to the doctor and the doctor was asking him, was like, hey, like you've been around like any kind of like stagnant water or whatever because I guess they did some kind of test. It's like yeah, duck hunting. He goes, he goes, he goes, that's bad stuff. You got it's got some kind of bacteria out of the water. Who did? My dad. Yeah, he had some kind of cut on in his, his feet. Yeah, he got swelled up, pussy, and all kinds of stuff from being some some kind of bacteria that was in the water, the the duck pond. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah, it was nasty looking. <laughs> What's the dumbest thing you've ever done? Because I'm sitting here trying to rake m- my head. You know, I've never done like dumps, like I would say, like dumb stuff. I mean, there's things I've like done, and it's like I'll, I won't do that again. Like, mm. you know, go out there in the fog, you're trying to find a pond, and then like, oh, this looks like a good spot, and you set your gun up on the tulies, and mm-hmm. then you're like, all the tulies look the same, and you look for feels like forever. Like, I'm not ever gonna find my gun that right. particular tulie patch. Um, you now I've had some. I don't probably the dumbest thing I did one year. Josh it was my job. Josh, my dad, and I, and I think I locked my keys in the car, and I'm like, oh, we'll just get them Oh, later. yeah. And so that was the scenario where- Sarah would never do what somehow, your wife did for you there. No, but somehow we got halfway out to the to the toward the pond, right? I don't remember how we- Oh, some guys gave us a ride. And they gave were like, us a ride on the back of the- No, their, no, no. Remember, they gave us- But somehow we got onto the back of that stupid thing, though, because we got out there a certain distance. We just started from the check station on the back of that thing. I think we did. No, we didn't. We like, I think we went halfway out there, and we thought it was the right spot. It was so foggy, and I'm like, guys, oh, yeah, right here, right here. So they let us off, and or something like that. And then we got- And these other guys came by, and they're like, like yeah, like, we're in the wrong spot. And they're like, hop on the back of our, our uh, little- I don't even know what you call it. A it was bread like a, basket. That's about how big it was. It was about the size <laughs> of, I don't know, maybe 20 inches wide by you know, the, the width of the the cab or the, the bed. Could have been bad. And we had decoys on our back. We had all the guns. And so we literally, like, locked arms. There was nothing to hold on to because they had a camper on the mm-hmm. back of their truck. It's not like you could on the tailgate. And, oh. and, we're, and those guys, they're like, just bang on the window when you want us to stop. Well, like, we're going to be on the back of a camper hauler. These guys take off and and they didn't. 
I think they forgot we were back there. They're flying. They were flying. Flying. And we're I, holding I on for we were dear life. You know the little <laughs> knob where you turn cooked. it to get the camper? I'm holding on yeah. to one of those. And I hold on to my dad like that. And we're just going, bumping. You know how bumpy those roads are out mm. there? Bumping. Dust flying everywhere. If one of us would have fell <laughs> off, it would have been. I, I think we had to be going 40 miles an hour. It felt like it. I don't know. I'm telling you, it felt like we were flying. Well, like, it's, it's pitch black. It's late. It's early in the morning. That's what the, was it opening day? I don't think I don't it, know was. If it was. Opening day. We started banging on the thing, and finally they stopped. I was happy to get off. I bet that you those train. guys were laughing their heads <laughs> off. But that was that, that was, was the dumbest thing I probably did. Uh, yeah, dangerous. And I've stepped off into. I, one time we went out with my brother-in-law and one of my buddies, and I was carrying the decoys, and went to a spot we didn't know, and I stepped off into this ditch. And it was over my head. And oh. immediately my feet just flung up like this right here. And so I'm sitting here with this decoys on my back, right? Well, that was the only thing holding me up. But my feet, you see in the water, the balance of it just threw my feet straight out in front of me. So I'm literally like this in the water floating. And I you got all these decoys on, you can't like turn over or roll because of the, the way they're situated. It's and, a giant floaty. And my brother in law and my buddy was just standing on the big <clears> laughing their heads off. I'm like, get me out of here, you stupid idiots. <laughs> Yeah, and they were they thought it was the funniest thing ever. I was panicking. <laughs> yeah, the, the McDonald's aren't a big fans of water. I'm not a water fan. Yeah. Your dad's not either. I've stepped in a few holes. Talon now, Talon on the other hand, what he did in Idaho last yeah. year. Yeah, he he may be a little too much of a fan. Yeah, he bit off a little bit too much of it, and that's what I'm always afraid of. Like you know what I'm saying, because when you're at that age, which he was jumping in to save Rocky. I don't think we've ever <clears throat> talked about that on. Yeah, here. he he. Thinks he's invincible. I know he felt. I think the reason he did that is he felt responsible. He did feel responsible, that's which what he, he said. really wasn't. But yeah, I was. I wasn't as eager to jump in there. I was thinking about it, but I don't know if I was like. Yeah, sometimes he reacts. You know, and then, Rocky went after a duck, and we were on a river, and it was flowing. To, he was never going to catch it, and then he got down, dropped off a little bit of a, not much of a ledge, but he was. He wasn't going under. He started to after he was swimming for about six minutes. We had no way of getting six to him. Six minutes. Yeah, easily. Treading in the same spot. Which for I was six hoping. Minutes. Was he trying to come back with the bird upstream? He had the bird. He never never did have the bird in his mouth. Okay. No, he caught it. He caught it, but he went off the thing. Yeah. And then he, and then he turned back. around, and he's just swimming at us. And he ne he never realized, like, hey, go left or right. Yeah. He wasn't getting. And then he just, he's not, he's not, that's a new environment for him. Yeah. Sure. So... And I could tell by the end of last year he learned a lot of stuff hunting in the river, but because he would run down the bank and then cut across in, yeah, cut it off distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we're watching him. I'm like here, here, and I was like trying to even give him hand signals to like go over. over if he would have yeah. went sideways, he would have been fine. Yeah. But he was just swimming in spot in that current. He tread forever. And um, tells I'm going. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, luckily it wasn't an insane cold. But it was it was only like fifty five. It was, I mean it wasn't warm. Yeah, that's that right. outside. I won't want to be stripping right? down. Yeah, and he just started. He was taking off. He wasn't listening. He was stripping his clothes. I go, Talon, no. And he just. I was like, Oh my goodness, we're gonna have. Now I'm gonna have to jump in. Which was he was fine because it there was deep spots, but it was shallow spots. It was just rocky. Was in this eddy. Yeah, he couldn't get out of it. And Talon called him over and pulled him over and. But I was thinking that was a really close call for Rocky, for sure. Could have been but, a close call for Talon. Yeah, just from being cold. Yeah. <laughs> but he 
he got right back, put his clothes back on. He said, he goes, I'm fine. But we we were done. We were just like, let's yeah. go. It was just kind of ruined the whole just. The environment. Of there it. ain't nothing. I mean, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say that's stupid or funny story like you guys. It's just, that's reality of that's the environment. That's not stupid or funny. That's just a, yeah. It's a serious, just a serious close call. Like, ah, that's, we got to think about this next time, you know, and how, you know. The dumbest thing I ever did hunting wasn't duck hunting. It was deer hunting. I shot that buck across that river. And <clears throat> tried to swim that river <coughs> in my underwear. Got you stuck. almost got hypothermia though, didn't you? It was you were probably borderline, like, like pre-hypothermia. Yeah, or beginning. So the guys that pulled me out were paramedics and firemen, and my body had completely locked up, wasn't working anymore. I couldn't stand. I couldn't use my legs. Physically, I couldn't use my body. And um, it was they, like went to shock almost. Couldn't do it. I could. I, I couldn't stand. I couldn't do anything. I was laying lifeless when they got me across there. My my limbs wouldn't work. I don't understand. It just wouldn't work. Didn't they throw you a rope or something, and you held onto the rope? But by the time they got you out, you yeah, they threw me a rope. So we got stuck over there. I killed the buck over there. I had to go over there. I had the bright idea, young and dumb. I didn't want to get my clothes wet. So once again, stripped down. And this was winter. It was snowing, and uh, the river was rising fast. Shouldn't have went over there. And <clears throat> me and my partner, me and my buddy, were able to cross it in this one spot. And it was about chest deep at that point. And we had another guy there on the bank that had a rope, and he said his rope would reach across. So the idea was I was going to take my clothes off, get over there, gut the deer. He was going to throw the rope, wrap it around his horns, drag him back across the river, and then throw us the rope and pull us across. Well, by the time we got over there, the deer wasn't dead. He was down, but he wasn't dead. So I had to go up the hill a little ways. I'm barefooted, and it's solid rock. And How'd it's, you kill him? Rock him? No, I, we, we brought <laughs> a— his throat or what? We brought a 30-30. Oh, okay. In our hand with us when we crossed the river, in case he wasn't dead. And we shot him, pulled him down the hill. Mind you, all this time, now we're now soaking wet. It's, you know, it's winter, it's snowing, and you're walking barefoot on the rocks. Well, you, your body gets really cold real fast when you're in water in the snow mm-hmm. and you have nothing on with your underwear. By the time I got him opened up, my hands were already just. Okay, aching. wait. So you crossed the creek in your underwear to go get the buck. Uh-huh. I, did, I don't know why I thought for some reason you were on that side and you, to get him back is when you did that. I didn't realize you were you were several minutes. Several minutes? I was probably a half an hour over there at least. Really? Before yeah. you crossed again? It, oh, at least. At so least. So you crossed it freezing to death. <clears throat> yes. Then went up to the deer. You gutted it. You pro- Did you put your hands inside and try to oh, warm up a little bit? Deep as I could. It's the yeah. only thing warm. I, I had blood plumbed to both shoulders. I mean, I I almost... Crawled inside of him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I almost I'll tell you a good story after this him. one. Yeah. I was so cold when I cut him open i mean steam just rolling out Probably i mean, felt I, good huh? i dove i mean i did everything put my head in his chest cavity as deep as i could get my hands were aching and and time i got him gutted well the guy that was with us threw the rope across the river his the river had rose so much the river wouldn't or the rope wouldn't reach because it expanded in yeah. from the time you went it was right really? at one point it was snowing this is no exaggeration it was snowing so hard you almost could not make out the people across the river it was snowing so hard you couldn't. Dude, it was an absolute. That is the dumbest thing you've ever done for sure. Oh, by far, I almost I almost died. It was like a blizzard. <clears throat> was your where was your was your dad there? No, and he told me he told me that morning, don't get in that river. Do, he goes, I'm telling you right now, do not cross that river. All but you it, find and out, it was a what was the drive there because it was a big bigger. It was a nice buck too. It was, was that nice part of the bug. drive? I think part of the drive is... I mean, you got to go get it. think you can do... Well, there's other ways. I'll, and I'll tell right. you how we got him. You're, at that time, you think, 
Who was I can who do went it. over there with you? John. John did, okay. You think, oh, I can do it. I can do it. Just like mm-hmm. Talon said about Talon. I was probably Talon's age. Maybe a touch older than what Talon is. You're young. I'm strong. You think, I can do this. It ain't no big deal. It ain't no big deal. What, you know? Dad, my dad told me, do not cross that river, whatever you do. Okay, Dad, sure, whatever. You know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, shot a buck, stripped off in my underwear, crossed the stupid river. And we got over there. The rope would not reach. It's snowing. <clears throat> I remember at one point I looked down at my legs, and no exaggeration, I had purple spots as big as softballs on my legs. My body was going purple. My lips were dark purple. And I was starting, it was getting hard to move. Like, my body just felt heavy. It's hard to explain. We had to walk down river in that snow. I don't know how far it is from that one place to the other place that uh-huh. guys were sitting. But we had to walk. It was a considerable distance in the rock and the <coughs> snow to get to where we knew some other guys were to see if they could help us. And when I popped out of the trees in my underwear they probably in freaked that them snow, out. They probably thought it was the bottom of the snowman coming <laughs> those <through>. guys, <laughs> Those guys were just like... I mean, they were, like, unbelievable. They hollered out. They said, what are you doing? Like, who are you and what are you doing? Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear which is why Midway USA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Like only a lunatic would be out here in his <laughs> skibbies. You know, I mean, literally, they probably thought I was a nut. And I was like, man, I need help. I said, do you guys have a rope anything? Basically, I don't have time to explain everything, you know, to you, but do you have a rope? I need help. Like, I'm really cold. And <laughs> <least>. luckily, <laughs> luckily, those guys were prepared. They were firemen. There was a group of firemen and paramedics mm. that, that knew each other and hunted, and they had a long rope that they had brought down there. They had brought all kinds of stuff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got the rope. They pitched it two or three times, kept laying out in the water. They finally got it over there. And this shows you, you're just not, I just wasn't thinking straight. Rather than tying the rope around me. You tried to hold on to it probably. I huh? tried to hold on to it. Dude, by now that river is rolling. I mean, it's white. <sighs> Rocks, big rocks in it. It's rolling. It ain't just kind of flowing. It's white, overturning. My goodness. And I didn't, why why I didn't tie the rope around my chest, I don't know. I tied it to a boulder. For the same reason you went across your underwear. For the same reason you went on your underwear. I tied it to a boulder and then thought I was going to hold on to it. And just kind of walk across. And pull myself over by my own bootstraps. Mm. I took two steps in that river. My second step, I didn't hit bottom. The water sucked me under. 
You're was already old. freezing cold. Oh, yeah. It sucked me completely under. I remember vividly as I went under, I had I couldn't feel the rope. I knew I had a hold of it, but I couldn't feel it in my hands because my hands were just numb, or aching. But I remember when I went underwater, I still remember I seen the white come over my face. You thought that's it. I did. I, I remember the thought went through my mind, if you let go, you're going to die. If you let go, you're going to die right here. And I, you know, the rope stretched from and rock snagging, to him. And you're, you, it's, it's don't have no tauntness, so you're no, going to no, go underneath it's just the water. Like this. Bouncing. Yeah, so I bobbered all the way across, and I when I pulled myself up and gasped, I got a breath. Those guys, I remember hearing them yell, pull, pull, pull. The water sucked me under. And I pulled myself back up and sucked me under and back up. And I bobbered like that all the way across. What I don't understand is how I held on that rope because when I got across to the bank where they could get me, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't use my limbs. I could not. I physically could not use my limbs at all. Four guys grabbed me. They grabbed my legs. They grabbed my arms. And they picked me up and rushed me to the bank under the trees because snow was coming down. And they started pulling their clothes off of me, or their clothes off of themselves. They were pulling their jackets off. One guy... Two pairs of pants, pulling extra clothes off. They pulled their own socks off and were putting clothes on me. I couldn't even physically could not dress myself. And they started putting clothes on me. They had five gallons of fuel that they had brought down on a quad on a motorcycle. And they were out trying to gather sticks in the snow, get as dry as they could to get a fire started. And um, got a fire started. They got me dressed. They carried me over there. It took a long time for any feelings to start coming back. How about you? Was it excruciating? It hurt. Yeah, it hurt. Several months later, maybe a year later, my mom and dad ran into uh, one of the firemen mm. that was there, and uh, and they told that fireman told my mom and dad. He said, "Your son's very lucky we were there." He said he had he was going into early stages of hypothermia, and he said, "Had we not been there, he'd have died right there on that mm-hmm. river that day." Mm-hmm. I couldn't use my body. I couldn't have got out of there. Yeah, I was done. If they wouldn't have been prepared, you would have been. Used. Well, if they just didn't prepare. We were done. If they hadn't had that rope. I don't. By the time they got out of there and went and found a rope, yeah, I had no. My body heat was just escaping, you know, so fast. Mm. I don't know what the temperature was, but it was. Well, if it's snowing, it's got to be at least snowing, thirty-two. It's snowing yeah. straight down. I've been in the river twice. That's a miracle. You're not dead. I could have died. A miracle, yeah. I didn't get out of that river canyon until it was about. It was about midnight when I got out of there. My mom and dad were freaking out, mm. and I finally got out of there and called them. They had called the sheriff and like they were starting a search rescue party. They didn't know where we were at. And I called and my I thought my mom and dad were gonna beat me half to death when I got out of there. This is all pre cell phone. Yeah, yeah. I thought they was gonna beat me. When I got back to town I called them from Sal's house and they were flipping out. Just because they haven't heard from you? And then you tell a story and then and they really flipped. Yeah, yeah. It was a double whammy. Yeah. Because they hadn't heard I've been they they were it's midnight, and we're not back from deer hunting. And then when I told them what I did, and the I'm reason— glad you're alive, now I'm going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you lived, now we're going to kill you. <laughs> well, what we ended up doing, now that that rope was tied across that river, because the rope's still tied across. Still to this day. Oh, no, I don't oh, not to I this day. But at that point, it still was. Those guys went and got an inner tube. No, we went and got the inner tube later, and a guy got in, a tube, in the tube, and we had killed, I think there was— between 10 and 15 dead bucks on that side of the river. It was a major, you know, they were crossing right there. I was the only guy lunatic enough to try to cross. Everybody else shot their buck and left it over there. I'm the moron that jumped in. And then what? when did they go get it? Well, so we went, after all that dust settled, we went and got to town and got an inner tube. And a guy got in the tube and just pulled himself across the top of the river. 
pulled herself across, took a second rope that was tied across, hooked it to one buck. All the men pulled it across. They threw it back mm-hmm. over. He tied it to another one, and they pulled 10, and 15, 10 to 15 bucks across that river. That guy got back in the inner tube, and, I mean, he was just across the top of the river pulling himself on that rope, pulled himself all the way across. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing I ever did in my life hunting. I'd say that takes the cake. I'm not even going to tell any stories after that <laughs> it, one. <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah. I was my dad shot a, and I mean, this this is just is what it is, but you when you were talking about the carcass getting inside there, I in fact, I actually basically, I was young enough and small enough, I got up inside of a elk carcass, literally inside of it. It was that cold? Well, you know, my dad, I don't know if he ever listened to this <laughs> one, but. God bless him. <laughs> you, guys, you guys went out into sub-zero, sub-zero weather and, and, and cotton, cotton okay, long johns. Okay, so it was in Colorado. He shot this bull. We're in the car. I don't I don't really know. I can't remember all the details. He comes down. My mom and sisters were all oh, together. So it was public land. He's seen him. He shot it. We stayed in the truck with him. And he came back down. He's all, I got him. I got one. We're like, really? Wow. You know, whatever. He's like... Yeah, but I only had, I don't remember what happened. I want to say he had one bullet or two and wounded. I don't know what happened, but the thing was still alive. So it was snowing. He's all, come, come with me. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I want to see it. So we went up there. He could tell a little bit better because he's he was older. I was pretty young. But I want to say I was like 12 probably. And uh, we get up there, and it's snowing, starting to snow. There's snow on the ground. So it just was, to me, it was getting worse. And I didn't really exactly have... The right stuff on. Hunting, so we thought we were just going to go car, get it, yeah. help him, and come back down. Well, when we got there, the bull was still alive. My dad's, oh, I'm going to, he, uh, no, he didn't have any bullets left. <laughs> don't ask me <laughs> what happened. happened. Yeah. I don't know if they were back at camp. Like, uh-huh. I don't know what the deal was. We didn't have nothing. He took his knife. Well, he would try to go in. It sounds pretty bad. If you're a tree hugger, you're not going to like the story, but I don't think any tree huggers listen to this podcast. He was but. trying to get close enough to to. Dude, to <clears throat> knife him yeah. in the lungs, well, to put him out of his misery, you know, so he stopped suffering. Well, he's well, I'm going to have to ro- lasso his antlers and pull him back, and then you hold it <laughs> like I'm going to actually hold uh, it. Yeah, like I'm going to actually be able to hold his antlers back. Uh-huh. And then I'll jump in. Well, I end up, I don't know if we pulled it back and then wrapped around a tree so he could, because he, my dad was trying to go in and he was trying to hook him with, hook his, him arms, with his antlers. It was like a five by five or something. And um, he finally did, man. It sounded like a. It was kind of terrible, actually, because none of it. We're hunters, right? Yeah. And people outside of that scope think we're just this murdering just savage, blood, blood, bloodthirsty thirsty, people. Yeah. But if you talk to any hunter, anybody that, whatever it's big game or waterfowl or whatever it is, you know, we don't want no, nothing to suffer. Yeah. Right? You wanna, the quickest, be, fastest yeah, way. Safe, humane. I remember as a kid, I felt terrible. I was like, oh man. And it, I mean, it sounded like a. You just stuck your knife in like a air mattress. It was. <laughs> He died like in a couple minutes. It was quick after that. But anyways, I'm I'm sitting here shivering. I don't have the right stuff. I don't have gloves. I don't have nothing. My dad cuts them open, guts, pulls the guts out, and I crawl. He goes, get inside, get inside. <laughs> Can you imagine? So wait, my dad packs a bunch of that meat. And you he's come back all bloody. My mom's sitting in the car, and I look like literally covered in blood. I run head to toe. Imagine her <laughs> reaction. Oh what happened to my baby? Yeah, that was that. I remember I just I just had my hands in the blood in the cavity and just like oh. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But like 
looking back at that, it's like it's such a good experience for a kid. You remember a boy your whole life, yeah. To be in, you know, that's a crazy environment for a kid, be inside of a game. It's like not that I'm like you're gonna go do that on purpose, but it's like you know, I'd rather my son be doing that than and not that this is wrong because I played video games, but I'd rather have him doing that than just sitting and playing a video game all day long. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. Experiences like that. No, we don't want our kids to do stupid stuff like that, but just the the overall experiences. I mean, you just can't beat the outdoors. You can't beat this kind of stuff. Being here with family and and being outside. I best, mean, the best parts of my life been spent in the mm, mm-hmm. either camping or hunting. Yeah, yeah. I, without question. Yeah, camping, hunting. Fishing, family and friends yep. has made up all the great experiences in my life. Mm-hmm. You almost get to a point you feel sad for people that don't know nothing about it, don't experience it. And that's kind of one of the things I like. I like getting those people out and letting them experience that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's because so, it's so such more of an, an ex, it's the experience. It's not mm-hmm. the, the, the journey. The it's experience. not the kill or whatever. It's the, exactly. whole, the whole experience that. The whole yeah. thing, dude. Yeah. And that's the thing the is they don't. You're packing up to. You, know, you may remember your whatever. first duck you dropped. Okay. You may remember that. But really, that's not the part you remember. You remember, like, remember we got Red Bulls in the morning? You yeah. know, like a kid, a young, greasy even a young kid. From greasy Jack in the talk- box. How many times have I told yeah. that story, dude? <laughs> remember Travis's greasy. Did he do that for you, too? The greasy Jack in the Box tacos oh, at three had, in the morning? We ate a lot of tacos. Yeah, regurgitated <laughs> milkshakes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that ain't one I want to relive. No. <laughs> talk to Thomas him. don't allow him to get no kicks anymore. I wouldn't either. It was yes. so bad. It's like with that place where we first hunted. We'd go over there. We'd sail that whole time. We'd hunt. And then we'd start driving back. And I remember times I was so sleepy. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, don't remember sections of the road. Mm-hmm. I should have pulled over right Yeah, we've been up oh, all Oh, I night. can make it. I can make it. You know? But you're just like. Grace of God, you got mm-hmm. back home. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I talked to, I was talking, speaking of experiences in the outdoors, I was talking to a young guy at a Dodge dealership in Kansas. I was looking at a truck in Kansas, and I called. Anyway, I was talking to this kid. Nice kid. Sound like he's probably in his mid-20s. So we're sitting there talking, chatting about trucks, and then we got talking about outdoors. I said, man, you lived in Kansas your whole life? Yeah. He said, I was I was uh, raised here. I'm like, cool. I said, man, you guys got some Great whitetail hunting. He goes, what's whitetail? No. I'm not lying. He goes, what's a whitetail? Oh, you don't know. Oh, they probably just call him something. They call him something else. Or he literally didn't know what that was. He didn't know. You're kidding. I said, you don't know what a whitetail is? He goes, no. He goes, I, it's a deer, right? I said, yeah. I go, you don't know the difference like between whitetail or mule deer or anything? He goes, no. I go, you, dad, have you ever done any hunting? He goes, no. My dad never took me hunting. Mm-hmm. And, uh. I said, buddy, I, I just briefly explained the difference. We had mule deer, blacktail out here, and whitetail in us now. And I said, man, Kansas has got some incredible whitetail hunting. He's like, you know, I've, I've, I've thought often about doing it, but I've never had nobody take me. Right. Didn't know how to do don't it. Don't know what, goes, how to I do never, it. He goes, I don't know where to start. <clears throat> no, he said, I've I've often <laughs> thought about trying to hunt, but he said, I didn't have nobody take me. Mm-hmm. So I just, I didn't know. I said, well, let me encourage you. Go get your rifle, get your deer tag, and go out and look for a deer. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. But some people don't get to experience it. Mm-hmm. Well, like Caleb, guy that's a friend of ours, been for a couple of years. He he talked about how he always wanted to go, 
and I don't know if he would ask. I can't remember. It's, it's one of, on one of our episodes, but he would ask about going. I, I don't remember if it was his uncle or who it was, but never took him. I don't know if it was a family friend. I don't know the details. I can't remember. It's it's in the episode, but it was funny because remember the look on Caleb's face, dude. Yeah, staring at that bird after he shot his first duck, and he's never really done much. <clears throat> he grew up surfing and stuff like that, but he had never done that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, he looked like he won the lottery, honestly. But he, what he talks about is his waiters were junky waiters. Even now, that was only two years yeah, ago. Not that long ago. <clears throat> his <clears throat> dude, he, he goes, he always says lacerations, the lacerations <laughs> on my shin. He has a picture, dude, so, yeah. cl- literally cuts all the way around his shins from cheap. Remember those, those old junky waiters, waiters we had, and they'd rub on your. Oh. Yeah, they'd rub you. Oh, oh man. Yeah. We took a guy. This was back when you could bear hunt with hounds in California. You know, we bear hunted and ran hounds for a long time. A kid, a guy, a guy that bought a truck. It was a Mexican man, young guy, that bought a truck from you or looked at a truck you had for sale. Me? You, years ago. He called me out of the clear blue. He's like, look, I went to look at this truck. This guy named Titus had it. He he recommended that I call you. He goes, I've been wanting to go on a hunt my whole life. For what? For bear. Oh, okay. Really? That's funny. I never knew this story. So he, I, never, I guess I never told you. So huh. <clears throat> he calls, and, you know, we weren't much for taking people that we didn't know. You're, you're taking people with guns that yeah. you're not sure how they're going to react. You know how they're going to handle hiking you into know, a gorge? There's a lot of variables. Yeah. So we were just always cautious on who taking complete strangers. And he's like, man, I would love to go. He goes, please, I'll pay you. And this, mm. no, you're not going to pay me. We can't take money. <clears throat> and he, I mean, he begged and begged. And I said, well, I'll. You know, we'll see what how it comes about. A couple weeks later, please, he calls. Man, I'll do anything. Please take me hunting. And I was like, okay. So I, I told him where to meet us up there where we were going. And when I got out of the car, this kid was from Stockton. When I tell you the epitome of a gangbanger, he was the epitome of a gangbanger. Tats down both arms, baggy pants, shaved head. I mean, he looked like he'd just come out of the... <laughs> he looked like he's got a prison, what he looked like. <laughs> nice kid. He was in his 20s. We went Anyway, we went up there. We caught a bear. The dogs were treed, we thought. So the dogs were treed. We were going to them. We got down there. We, they weren't treed. They had this bear bait in a, in a small cave in a rock pile. And <clears throat> so we get around there. The dogs are all at the mouth of this cave. There's a hole. And you get there, we pull the dogs back. You can hear the bear growling inside there. And he's just, uh, just moaning. And you hear him popping his teeth. They pop their teeth. And you hear him popping his teeth down there. Pitch black. And uh, I looked at him. I said, you ready? He's uh, he. By this point, he had so much adrenaline running through him. He couldn't stand. He was moving. He could not stand still. He's just fidgeting. He's like, oh, bro. No, that's how he talks. Like, bro, are we going in there? I'm like, you want a bear? Yeah, bro. Well, you want to go in there? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we got all the dogs. Anyway, we got the dogs back. We got in there. Long story short, um, got in there. It was kind of a narrow hole. Big enough for a bear to get through, but not much bigger. But there's two guys trying to crawl through that, and it was steep like this. It went down, went flat, and then it opened up into a small room, probably no bigger than me to you, just like this. <clears throat> we got down in there. You can hear the bear growling the whole time, moaning, popping his teeth. I got in there. I told the kid had a he had borrowed a 300 Winchester <coughs> from a guy that was up there that was 
bear hunting with us, but it was also deer hunting. <clears throat> and the guy's like, you can use my 300. So we carried this thing down these rocks. I always carried a 44 um, Ruger Super Red Hawk 44 mag revolver with me on my hip. So that's what I had. We got in there, and I said, look, when I turn the flashlight on, he's going to be right in your face, <laughs> like right in our face. I was, well, that's a drilling rush for anybody, whether you've well, done it or not. What I was going to say is I bear, I've hunted my whole life. My heart was about to jump out my chest. Yeah, yeah. This kid was about to come unglued. <laughs> <laughs> when I turned the light on, the bear was probably at most 10, 10 12 feet from us, <laughs> and he's, his ears are pinned back to the back of his head. He's pushed up against the rock. And he's growling like that, just a deep kind of a growl. <clears throat> that kid shot. And I told him, I said, dude, when you shoot, get out of my way. Because there's nowhere for the bear to go but towards except you. over the top <laughs> of us. Right. So I said, shoot and get out of the way. And he shot. Boom! Immediately, I went deaf. We're in a hole. <laughs> we had no earplugs. Nothing. Dude, my ears, that one through. my ears rang so loud yeah. for hours after I couldn't yeah, hear yeah. at all. He shoots. <laughs> smoke goes everywhere. Well, he my he goodness. hit the bear on the top of the shoulder right here. Well, obviously that didn't. I just ticks him off. That did not kill the bear. <laughs> and I will not admit to killing someone else's bear, but I'll let you draw your own conclusions. He got out of there, and let's just say there was a lot more shooting in that cave, like six more rounds from a from a large caliber. Which added to the ringing ears. We got a, when I got out of there, I could I was deaf as a post. I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and he's like, literally sign language, dude. I got out of there. I was sweat, I had sweat just pouring off of me. Heart was just smashed, beating. That kid, that guy, he was in his twenties. He was literally physically jumping up and down. <laughs> he was bouncing. And all he could say was, oh, bro. Oh, bro. And he's just bouncing. Oh, bro. And he's throwing his hands like this. I said, what would you think of that? Oh, bro. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And uh, That's anyway. Awesome. He, that guy was probably ruined for life. Oh, he had to be ruined for life because that was a story you won't forget. <laughs> He's going awesome. back to everybody's like, no, you're a liar. You didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can tell you, I, that probably is what helped damage my hearing. I'm, I mean, dude, for hours I couldn't hear. There was a ringing, like a phone <laughs> ringing in my ear for hours. For six shots from a 44 right. and one shot from a 300 Winchester <laughs> in that little stupid. hole. Oh, my goodness. How how long was that, that hole you're in? He was at the back of it, and he couldn't have been... 10, 12 feet from us. But were you by the edge of the opening? So it was like a, it was almost like a tube. There's this giant rock. Pile, right, right, right. Right? <clears throat> you couldn't have done it from the outside of oh, the no. tube in? No, no, no. You had to crawl. It was at an angle. The hole was big. I'd say the hole was like, I don't know, three three foot wide by three and a half, maybe four foot wide by 30 inches tall. So we had to crawl. <clears throat> That bear had to crawl. There's no way that bear could have walked. He had to have crawled in there on his belly because mm -hmm. there was only maybe 30 inches of clearance. And so it went like this at a steep angle into the ground, into that rock into that rock pile, and went like that. You could not see him because it went like this, and then it went like that. It flattened out. Mm -hmm. And it was so you could only see it at an angle to the ground right there, and you had to get down there to the ground, which from where we were looking at the with the flashlight to where you could see to the ground in there was probably 15 feet. 
So you crawled in 15 feet at an angle. You couldn't see anything until you got to that point, and then you could kind of look like flat mm. and look into gotcha. this, this little room. <clears throat> yeah. And that's where he was at. Boy, that's sketch. I wouldn't have crawled I in I bet there. you as soon as his gun went off, you just, well. There was no, there was, I did not Fast like pull trigger. And did he not even make any any advances towards you guys at all coming out that hole? When he fired, when that kid fired, that bear went to growling and spinning. As soon as he fired, he went and bit where the bullet hit uh-huh. him in the shoulder. And from that point, I didn't, there was no questions asked. I just unleashed six rounds fast like a pull trigger into yeah. him. He just fell lifeless on the floor uh-huh. or on the dirt right there. That's what you needed. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a sketchy situation. It, I, to, today, <clears throat> honestly, I don't know if I'd crawl in that hole. I don't know. I was braver back then. I did some things back then I can't believe I did. Like that, I don't know yeah. if I could do that today. Yeah, because you could hear him, you could not see him, and it was pitch black in there, and you could hear him. <clears> right, just uh, just a real deep mm. growl, just a low deep growl. You know, yeah. it was uh, it was an experience. Yeah, lots of good experience as well. I guess we went for forty five minutes. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, enjoyed uh, old Webster being out here and telling some good stories. Give it a thumbs up if you're watching on the YouTube channel or leave a comment or something in the uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts to give us a rating review. Spotify, thank you guys. We just hit what did we hit the other day? We've definitely been coming down on the charts pretty hard, pretty fast, hard charging it. I think the lowest we've ever been on the outdoor charts is 44. But we'll it, we have varies every day, but we were in like 200s for a while and then we're we're down to 78 before I left up here camping. So so because you guys are listening and enjoying the content, so we always appreciate the downloads and uh thanks for coming on, Webster. My pleasure. Travis. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next one.